Hey everyone, and welcome back to Off The Bat. I'm sure you understand people get busy, but let's just move on to our episode. Today, I plan on addressing what I believe will happen this offseason, specifically within the free agent class, which I'm genuinely excited for. As a Jays fan, I just want to see Atkins pick up some more pitching depth and possibly a strong infielder like... Oh, wow, I'm blanking. So we actually received a voice message from one of our fans requesting this episode, so here it is. Hey guys, congrats on season three. I'm so hyped that you're back. I wonder if you can make an episode on your off-season predictions. Thanks a lot. I'm going to address each team specifically and talk a little bit about the positions they're in coming into free agency. Today, I'm going to cover the AL and the NL East divisions, as this episode will be long. I will do other episodes like this for the Central and the West, even as the offseason progresses and teams already have signed most of the big names. Starting in the AL East, my favorite division, we have the Baltimore Orioles. So, they clearly have a need for starting pitchers, but they currently have. They have Alex Cobb, who pitched mediocre. I mean, it was it was definitely an improvement from last year. I mean, his last ERA was, last year was 10.95, which is uh, earn run average. And this year, he dropped it down to 4.3, which is much, much better. Doesn't really mean much because it was only through 12.1 innings. There's also John Means, who puts up some inconsistent numbers. He doesn't really have that much MLB experience. Put up a similar ERA to Alex Cobb, which was a 4.53. He put up a much better uh, whip, walks and hits per innings pitched, which was 0.98. I think he has room to grow, but with some training, he could be a nice starter. and One that stays with the Orioles for a while. He could also be used as a trade piece for some undeveloped depth. That could come up in the 21 or 20, uh, 2022 seasons. That's pretty much all they have in their rotation. They have a, the rest is really undecided and chosen based on what they have at the time. Some shoutouts that I have for their team is the catcher Pedro Severino, across five seasons in the MLB with the Nationals and then the Orioles. Uh, he landed himself the starting catcher role in Baltimore. I mean, Adley Rushman, a catching prospect in the Orioles system, can ultimately take over in a year or two. But Severino, congratulations, because it was it was great. And then Ryan Mountcastle, a nice uh, rookie performance across 35 games in the infield. He could become a fan favorite. He put up some great numbers, and uh, it was really entertaining watching him, especially as the Jays faced the Orioles. I saw him come out a few times uh, on TV. Possible signings. I think they might go for some pitching. Uh, they don't... The amount of money they have, I'm sure they still want to keep it reasonably low so that they can spend when they're closer to uh, becoming a playoff team. I think they might go for, like... I mean, Mike Fire seems like a decent candidate. He's an older pitcher, which can also bring veteran leadership to a relatively young club. He can take a rotation spot. I mean, for the Orioles, he can take between two and five, but a general team would be between the third spot in the rotation and the fifth. I mean, obviously, this is assuming there's a five-man rotation. 
They could also uh, be interested in pitchers like Anthony Disclafani, Chase Anderson, uh, who I got to see on the Jays, uh, Chris Archer, uh, formerly from our division, Tyler Chatwood, Trevor Cahill, and uh, they could also keep Taiwan Walker in the East, which would be something interesting to see, but I think he might be getting, uh, he might be cashing in, he might be doing uh, well. Next up for this episode, we have the Boston Red Sox. Their biggest need I don't even think I need to say it, but it's starting pitching. I mean, there's the uncertainty. Can Chris Sale really still play? What's the timeline on his injury recovery? Will he be able to come back? And will he be as good when he comes back? There's also Martin Perez, one of their starting pitchers, has a team option for $6.25 million for his salary. What's the plan? They haven't kept it. They haven't really kept it super public. I believe we need more info on this. But are they going to keep him? And that could be something to look into in one of our later episodes this offseason. I mean, I guess later in the offseason, we'll figure it out. Uh, I got two shout-outs for the Red Sox, and it's both for their awesome outfield. Even without Mookie Betts, uh, Mookie Betts, he... The Red Sox have still managed to have one of the greatest outfielders of outfield I've ever seen. In center, they have a defensive star, Jackie Bradley Jr. He topped himself off this year, jumping from a 225 batting average to a 283 this year. It'll be great for him. He's going to get a better contract and test the market. I would even say he could be the best center fielder coming into this offseason. Uh, coming into this free agency. Many teams are looking for an upgrade, and without Mookie, uh, the Red Sox outfield could definitely still be in the top five. There's also Alex Verdugo. I mean, I'm sure the Dodgers fan miss him and all, but they got Mookie, so the, whoever whoever misses him can, uh, can stop concerning. And uh, it's nice to see that Verdugo's uh, taking so well in Boston, adding to the Red Sox prediction that they're in the top five. With the sole focus on starting pitchers, just like the Yankees and the Orioles, possibly the Blue Jays, the Red Sox need some depth quickly. They need to survey the market as soon as possible and sign contracts before other teams like New York Yankees have even have a chance. Obviously, I don't want to compete against the Yankees in free agency, I beat the Blue Jays, but they don't have too many chances, uh, specifically the Red Sox. Uh, but with bets off the books, they have room for bigger acquisitions like John Lester, Charlie Morton, and Jake Odorosi. With the possibility of bringing in Mike Miner, an inconsistent pitcher who could be a nice pickup in Boston. Could the pitching coaches turn him around? I'm so excited to cover this next team, which is the New York Yankees. I mean, obviously the Jays have a rivalry, but it's, it's just crazy what money can really do. Uh, so the biggest need for the Yankees is going to be a relatively short one because their team is... It's crazy. Uh, so after signing Garrett Cole, nobody thought the Yankees would require improvement, specifically within their starting rotation. At least not this much. This big signing of Garrett Cole will affect how they work throughout free agency over the next few years. It'll affect their finances, uh, similar to how bets affected uh, the finances of the Red Sox. And the big signing will... Big signings can be risky. I think that Trevor Bauer may want to come to New York. I mean... You might, uh, New York tends to give uh, big contracts to players like Bauer, but I don't think he'll get one there. They only need one or two new pitchers. They have the depth to fill in one or at least four spots. I mean, they have Cole, 
Severino, Jordan Montgomery, uh, Davey Garcia, Domingo Herman, and specifically, I have a few free agents that I have uh, that I'll read in a few seconds. So, shoutouts. I mean, nothing with the Yankees was unexpected, but uh, I'm happy that DJ LeMay will uh, be able to cash in during free agency. It doesn't really matter where he goes. The Yankees turn players into stars, and DJ is definitely one of them. So, some of the possible free agents that I've thought of, I mean, there's a big chance they just re-sign Tanaka on a low-risk contract. Uh, I mean, it shows some player loyalty. He's... Uh, He's been with New York for a while, and I'm sure they'd be happy to have him back. There's also a chance they sign a different veteran, but I didn't really uh, think of any that would come anywhere close to Tanaka. Next up are the Tampa Bay Rays. So their biggest need is visibly at catcher. The Rays have given Mike Zunino enough chances to prove himself in the starting lineup, but his numbers just, they're they're on the decline. He can stay on the roster as a backup competing with Michael Perez and Kevin Smith. I mean, shoutouts, obviously Tampa's a young and talented team, and I don't have time to shout everyone out, but Brendan Lau, uh, Low, uh, Lau has drastically improved since last year. Uh, by modifying his batting approach, he's now striking out less, getting a better OBP on base percentage versus XBH, extra base hits. He's a young, talented player who will definitely be a fan favorite on the Rays. There's also Mike Brousseau, another infielder who played very well for the Rays, improving from last year and making the playoff roster. Congratulations, possible free agents. The Rays have a young and elite core, but they do have, uh, they have to do something at catch. We know they typically factor defensive skills more than other teams, so some possible, possible free agent catchers may be... Kurt Suzuki would be a, definitely a good one. Maybe Austin Romine. Uh, I can't believe we're already this close to the end of the AL East. Uh, I love it. Uh, lastly, in the AL East are the Toronto Blue Jays. The biggest need is undoubtedly third base and starting pitching. And I put these two because, I mean, I, I can't really determine between the two. It's uncertain whether or not Vlad Guerrero Jr. makes it back to the hot spot down in third base. What I have seen looks like a great Photoshop editor. I need results, and until they're seen by everyone, can I believe he'll transition back? Who's going to play third? The Jays used five different players at third base this year. That's in 60 games. Concerning? Yes. The Toronto Blue Jays have also had trouble getting lengthier starts for guys like Chase Anderson, who's a nice addition to the rotation. It's nice for Ross Atkins to bring in Ryu, and Scott Boris, one of the best scouts in the game, said the Jays are high on the list for a big free agent signing. Guys like Tanner Rourke want to eat, wanted to eat up innings, but Montoyo and the fans are having trouble seeing this. He's unhappy, and so are we. There hasn't been much progress on that issue, but I can see the Jays adding in another starting pitcher. They already brought back Robbie Ray. Will they bring back Taiwan Walker? Some shoutouts that I've really got to give are Taiwan Walker. He uh, was a deadline trade. It was impulse, and we ended up coming on top. He really... Uh, there was an uncertainty beside his name. We weren't sure if he'd really be able to come back as a pitcher, and he showed us uh, he was our number two guy towards the end of the year, and I'm sad that he didn't get to play out. Uh, he needed the extra day of rest in, uh, when it came to playoff time, so we gave the start to Ryu and uh, went kaboom, even though Ryu usually doesn't pitch like that, and I'm still in denial. Uh, bullpen staff. 
I wasn't particularly happy with Montoyo giving certain players second chances and then third chances, but his managing style ended up being great. Pitchers like Rafael Delis, Jordan Romano, AJ Cole, and Anthony Bass, and more, all had breakout seasons. I believe that Toronto is a great place for a veteran pitcher to prove themselves. Matt Shoemaker, Tanner Rourke, Shun Yamaguchi, Anthony Bass, and Chase Anderson are all examples of these. I'm sure they believe they're still worth more than what was being offered, so they went to Toronto, a team offering short-term, low-risk deals to MLB veterans to prove there's still some juice left in, left in the tank. Some possible free agents that I can see coming to Toronto. I see third baseman Asdrubal Cabrera or Jake Lamb. Uh, we need someone to permanently fill the position. Uh, if Vladimir Guerrero Jr. cannot take it, we need an upgrade from the five different players that were used. Both of these players are veterans who believe who will be receiving low-risk contracts and are both offensively strong. This should help the Blue Jays add some power to their lineup. Starting pitchers, I think uh, either Wa uh, Taiwan Walker, James Paxton, or Charlie Morton. I mean, Paxton is a reach, but we do know the Jays have had interest in him. He's a Canadian pitch, uh, pitcher who threw a no-hitter against Team Canada, the Toronto Blue Jays. He was also drafted by them, but never, never really signed with them. He's a top-notch pitcher, and would be nice to keep him in the AL East away from the Yankees. Same with Charlie Morton. He's 37. It can concern some people, but... But keeping him away from New York and Tampa is definitely a focus. I mean, Walker is still a great option. He's been on the team. He knows what it's like. The Jays need a free agent starting pitcher. Who will it be? Time for an affiliate ad. Yay! Today's affiliate is Rocky Mountain Barber Company. RMBC sells men's care products like uh, beard care, hair care, and skin care. I personally use their Forest Mint Shampoo and Conditioner, which I've been using for about a year. Uh, I'm so glad to affiliate with them. They're such a reputable brand that always guarantees satisfaction. My favorite part is the samples that they give with each order. So pretty much for every product you order, they allow you, allow you to pick a sample. I usually get razor handles and razor blades, sometimes shaving cream, soaps, and others. We only affiliate with the best brands, and RMBC is on the top. Go to RockyMountainBarber.com for the USA and worldwide, or RockyMountainBarber.ca for specifically the Great White Canadian North. Use the code OTB, which stands for off the bat, to save some money on your order and support this podcast. Back to the episode. Can't wait to start in the NLE. So let's go with the Atlanta Braves. I'm sure you've noticed I've gone alphabetical. So their, their biggest need is for sure starting pitching. I mean, after losing budding star Mike Soroka in 2020, it was visible that Atlanta could make good use out of a number two or three pitcher. Even with Soroka coming back after a month or two in 2021, they may invest in a longer contract. I don't see Morton Bauer or even Paxton coming to the Braves. Just James Paxton's Atlanta... Uh, Atlanta may not want a pitcher who couldn't get through enough innings to prove he's a number two or three guy anymore. He's very fragile, spending a great deal of time on the Yankees' IL in, uh, injured list in 2019 and 2020. Some shout-outs in Atlanta. First things first, Max Freed really stepped up as the Braves needed an ace. He went 7-0 with a 2.25 ERA and a 1.09 whip. This was a huge advancement since last year, and with the loss of Mike Soroka, it was just a big blow for Atlanta. Congratulations, Max, and congratulations, Atlanta. I can't wait to see what you do, Max, in 2021. I've also always been impressed by shortstop Dansby Swanson. He's just a solid all-around hitter. He played in every single game this season. Uh, uh, 
it, he improved in almost every single stat than last year. He's only 26 years old. Room for development. I can't wait to see what happens. Now, some possible free agents that I could see coming. I mean, we know they need more pitching, even with Max Fried, Mike Soroka. Uh, but the biggest names like Morton, Bauer, and Paxton are all probably out of range for different reasons. I could see Jake Odorosi or Mike Miner come to Atlanta. I mean, I'd be happy to get any of them out of the AL. After the Braves, we have the Miami Marlins. I mean, their biggest need now is a second baseman. Jonathan Villar is a great player. There's no doubting that. He played 30 games in Miami and 22 in Toronto. Toronto, yay. Uh, (laughs) Without Villar, there were uh, six other players that played at second base, producing a combined total of two home runs, 16 RBIs, and a... 0.602 0.602 OPS. We knew Miami was paying Villar a total of 8.2 million, uh, so they can afford to go deeper into the market for a player of high caliber. Excited to see what they're going to do this offseason. Also, uh, for the people listening to the podcast, I laughed. Uh, I put on a, a Jay's hat that was completely too big that's covering my entire head. Uh, shout out. So, Miguel Rojas had a nice year, playing in only 31 games. He managed to hit a 304 batting average, an 888 OPS with four homers and 20 RBIs. Controllable by the Marlins through 2022. Definitely a solid player to keep in the infield. The NL East has also seen a lot of uh, third baseman Brian Anderson, uh, but these last two years, 2019 and 20, have been his best. He's hitting more for power, getting 11 homers in 59 games, specifically this season. He played at first base. He played at second base and third base. He has an amazing versatility around the diamond, and I hope to see more of him in the next few seasons. Some possible free agents that I can see coming to Miami to play second base, I can see Kike Hernandez, who had a decent season, and Cesar Hernandez, who had a strong season. They're not related, uh, but both could sign with the Marlins. You can see how they benefited with the shortened season. Kike coming from the Dodgers with a 2.30 average with five homers and 20 RBIs across 48 games, while Caesar coming from the Indians hit a 2.83 batting average with three homers and 20 RBIs in 58 games. I think this 20 RBI thing is really catching on while there are a lot of different people hitting that. Uh, but yeah, that's it. I really think uh, either of those two players can end up. It's really just based on contracts and uh, what the Miami Marlins are really looking for deeper. And next up, we have the New York Mets. Ooh, it's a long one. Uh, So their biggest need is starting pitching. I mean, Noah Syndergaard missed out on the entirety of the 2020 season. It showed us how many upgrades the Mets need, even with Syndergaard in their rotation. If they try to go for free agent catcher JT Romito, they still need to invest in more starting pitchers. Syndergaard should be back for the 2021 season, but he becomes a free agent in 2022. Unless he had a significant damage or change in his arm's ability, his contract will be big dollars. They're sending two starting pitchers into free agency, whether or not they're planning to resign them. Rick Porcello and Michael Wacha. Marcus Stroman already accepted his qualifying offer for a one-year $18 million contract. Some shout-outs that I'd like to po- uh, shout out. <laughs> uh, well, first things first, uh, outfield Michael Conforto. He really blew my mind this year. He really upped his game, but specifically his average, his OPP, and his slugging. He's always hit for power, but nine home runs in 54 games is great. Even if the ratio is less than last year, his past six years in the MLB have been entertaining. They've been pretty entertaining, and uh, I just can't wait to see more from him. Uh, 
more improvement and just something nice to see in the Mets uh, organization. There's also Edwin Diaz. He's been a, really an on and off type of player. Uh, you saw last year wasn't great. The year before was amazing. But if he continues at this rate that he did this year, he could be one of the best closers of the decade, uh, even the era, closing off the year with a 175 ERA and a 125 whip, striking out 99 batters over 58 innings. Possible free agents. The Mets need pitching and they need it soon. I mean, the big names, they either sign quickly or they take long and careful consideration. It could depend on the player specifically, the player's family, the agency. Either way, uh, the Mets need to really sign some things, sign some contracts. Wow, I call them things. They need to sign some contracts really quickly. Uh, I mean, uh, do the Mets have time to wait on a specific player to hold off on offering contracts to other pitchers? Tre Trevor Bauer maybe even handing a low... I mean, I can see Trevor Bauer moving to the uh, to the Mets. I mean, not not super, but maybe handing a low-risk contract to Adam Wainwright. All these are great options, and the Mets have some money to spend. However, there are many other factors involved in a contract than money. Even with a new pitcher, can the Mets top off the NL East? Will Atlanta win the division again? Let's just hold up and wait for this season to start. Two more teams to go. Uh, next is the Philadelphia Phillies. So their biggest need is definitely their catcher. I mean, right now if they're in a uh, they're in an okay position. I mean, they're kind of under those, around the 500 level uh, this year. For sure, wasn't great to see. But JT Romuto is a great player, and uh, he elect he's probably going to elect free agency. And I still think the Phillies have a chance at re-signing him. It honestly depends on how much they're willing to give. I mean, I'd be happy wherever he goes. JT is a star, definitely worth it. Uh, but I'm also happy to see him try out some other teams. I mean. It'd be interesting to see who'd be in. It, it would be interesting to see who would be interested. Wow, that was a uh, mouthful. Okay, so some shout outs as uh, my headphones are falling out of my ear. <laughs> Zach Eflin here, I mean, he really caught out, caught on this year, lowering his career ERA. This year he pitched a 397 ERA with a 127 whip. He went four and two through 59 innings across 11 games. He really helped the Phillies through a tough season. He's already played five seasons in the MLB and he deserves more outings on the team. I see him either being, uh, I see him being traded away at the trade deadline in 2021, 22 or 23. He's an important piece for winning games and Philadelphia deserves to, uh, to improve their minor league system because uh, uh, he might not want to be stuck in Philadelphia because they're uh, not the, uh, not a projected playoff team anymore. Uh, and last but not least, we have the Washington Nationals. Uh, their biggest need, definitely starting pitching. I mean, the Nationals, they're at the end of the rope. They couldn't even make it to a 500 record. They definitely need some improvements. But is it worth it to improve at this time? They're close to the bottom of the division, and most free agents won't even want to come to a team on the decline. 
Some shout-outs. I mean, nothing's really crazed me. Most of the stats were expected. However, Juan Soto, the brightest player on the Nationals, played extremely well. He's such a great player who brings awesome energy wherever he goes. I think he'll be uh, a player in a similar situation as Mike Trout. I think he'll sign a big extension and be stuck with with the same team for a long time. I mean, we all know Mike Trout. uh, He deserves to to be in the playoffs, and the Angels might not do that for him. I mean, possible free agents could be far-fetched, but I can see James Paxton moving to D.C. He could be looking for a commitment, and the Washington, uh, and Washington, (laughs) the Washington, no, Washington definitely needs a committed player. Uh, I could also see players like Charlie Morton pick up a two- to three-year deal uh, with a team option on the last year for sure. Uh, Tanaka, he's in a similar situation, coming from the Yankees, same age range. Either way, the Nats have to do something because people are getting impatient. Who are they going to sign? And when? Well, that's it for this episode. I plan to cover the AL and NL Central and West Divisions in episodes two and three. I can't even lift up the third finger. Okay. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to Off the Bat. Thanks to Taylor for submitting this uh, voice message and episode request. I'll make sure to toss the link... Uh, in the description to submit a voice message. We'd love to hear some episodes, uh, suggestions that you have for us for this brand new season. Uh, We also hope you like the trailer that we just put out a few days ago. Uh, So be sure to check out our website, offthebat.ca, for some more info. Thanks, and have a great day.